Two, three, four. Welcome to the Third and Short podcast, Better Late Than Never. This is Third and Short Overtime, and I am not Matt Davenport, Tom Higgins, or Jamie Crawford. My name is John Porter, and I'm uh, I'm here tonight with the uh, with the other three members of the Overtime crew. Let's throw it over to uh, we got on the on the right of me. We got the uh, producer extraordinaire Bones. Um, below me, we've right got video. the. Jordy Preacher, uh, I forgot your real name there for a sec, Mark, Mark Steele, <laughs> and uh, in the far corner we've got Jordan, and oh, yeah. tonight we are going to be discussing the AFC East, um, which has finally lodged into my brain after many times getting it wrong today, um, so we'll be breaking down the AFC East division, so that's the Bills, Dolphins, Jets and Patriots uh, in alphabetical order, assuming my Chorley schooling hasn't let me down. How are we all feeling tonight, gents? You looking forward to this one? Yes. The enthusiasm. I must admit, I, I'm, I've landed on my feet. This is the third time I've got a, a, a potential Super Bowl slash late playoff contender, so I'm doing okay, you know. <laughs> I think I think it's quite a good division to do the AFCs because it's probably the first division where we've got where we've got a little bit of um <clears throat> Difference between the style of play, obviously the North we did, which was really run heavy in defence first divisions. Um, and now we're doing the East where you've got that mixture between obviously Miami, who are a southern playing team, you know, like in Florida, 
all the way up to New England and New York who play in the snow in the winter. So we've got a little bit different here in this league. Also yeah. as well, this division was stacked full of off-season moves. Yeah. So you've, got, you've got the Dolphins who had a ton of draft capital. You've got the Jets who have got a ton of draft capital. You've got New England Patriots who made free agent signing after free agent signing after free agent signing. I'm sure JP's interested to get talking about that. <laughs> so even though Jordan's, even though Jordan's got the bills, you know what I mean. Though, as Super Bowl contenders next year, it's more what have they done to reload the gun as opposed to what they do to build the trigger. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm, I'm super excited to do, man. Like, it's, I, you'd think I was getting the worst picks in the in the divisions with the Lions and the Jets, and you know these historically bad teams, but I'm. I'm going to lose all my credibility talking about the Jets tonight because I'm actually, yeah, like you say, they did. They there's so many off-season moves just in this one like team alone that I'm interested. Like it's going to be a good division. It's a really yeah. wide open. It's a really wide open division. Sorry, go on, yeah. Jordan. No, I was just about to say. Um, I think obviously the Bills um, kind of ran away with it last year, you know, in the division. But obviously, we all know that the um, AFC West has been dominated for, by the Patriots and Belichick and Brady for so long. You know, um, it's it's nice to have it, even though Bills are probably going to be favourites again. You've got all uh, things knocking on the door. Patriots probably won't like um, finishing third in the division. They'll want to bounce back and obviously Jets with a new quarterback looking to move forward in the next few years as well. So it's an interesting division. Yeah, I yeah. think there's a lot of storylines that could play out. Obviously, we're gonna we're gonna talk about all all four teams, so we'll get to all four of the big things. But uh, let's let's not waste too much time. You know, we we do have a habit of turning these into epics. So I'll uh, I'll throw it over to Jordan to talk about the Bills to open us up. What have you got for us, Jordan? Well, obviously, like I said earlier, Bills like uh, I wouldn't say run away with it, but they were they were worthy winners. They were. I, it, I know Dolphins. Looked a good team for for a long for a, a stretch, but they were, they were always going to be Bills last season, and they won it and they won it well. And then obviously they just missed out on the uh, Super Bowl appearance. They got to the uh, AFC Championship game, who um, were beaten by eventual losers um, in uh, Kansas City. And obviously, I'll, I'll, I'll get to the um, I'll get to the reasons why I think that the the, the players that they brought in or haven't brought in that could get them a step further or not a step further. But first of all, obviously, we'll look at the free agency. They didn't, they didn't really lose much apart from John Brown and uh, Quinton Jefferson. Quinton Jefferson went to the Raiders, I believe, didn't he? Um, he, did. Right? he did. He, he did. came back. Yeah. He came to the Raiders. We're going to probably play him inside, defensive tackle. And he came to us. So, yeah, so I think that was the real main loss, you know, like in, in free agency. They've, um, they've like, re-signed Matt Milano and stuff. And... Um, Mika Hyde and to, to um, new contracts, which were good moves. They, like I said, they didn't really lose much going into the draft. So whatever they did in the draft was um, going to um, try and push them onto their next level. And um, obviously they got Matt Brady. I'll go into Matt Brady a bit later when I go into the running game, which I'm sure you'll know the reasons why if you've watched the Bills last year. But look at, straight away, looking at the draft, when um, to me it looked like I don't know. I don't know if I'm just shooting at the hip here and like predicting, but rounds one and two, they went for defensive ends. You know, in um, in Gregory Rousseau and um, Boogie Basham, wasn't it? And yes. I think I don't know. I just have this picture of them looking, 
at that Super Bowl final and seeing the Tampa, Tampa Bay, how they got at Patrick Mahomes, you know, like constantly thinking. And obviously the Bills' um, defensive ends um, needed a bit more work looking at the past games. But I just, I just had a picture of him going, like we need to strengthen that area if we can get if we come across Patrick Mahomes again or anyone you know that's AFC side super strong you know we need to get to these quarterbacks and Gregory was so was so I'm, I'm uh, Mark can pronounce it a lot better than I can but uh, <laughs> you think but um, yeah I, I do like I do, I do like him I think he's a good linebacker but I thought Jason Owe was there next up for the Ravens pick up next I thought. For me personally, I think it's my opinion. I thought Jason Oway, I had him ahead of Gregory or so, but we can split hairs and just go compare each one. And you can probably choose either one for like um, for the Bills. But yeah, um, in two, going to Gregory or so, in 2019, he had some fantastic tape. You know, you, could, you know, if you go back to college. And I was looking forward to 2020 to see what he brought. And obviously, he opted out. And as as you all know, Mark and that Mark knows he brought it up. And I looked into it and saw that his measurables weren't up to up to scratch either. So I thought he might slip down a bit further. But they have um, they have picked him up. And he's only 21 years of age. You know, he's um, he's got that ceiling, and and he can. He, they probably will sit him. I don't know if he'll come in straight away, but they could sit him. You know, like you might not, you might not see him straight away in every single snap, but he has got he has got a ceiling. I, I, I will say he has got a ceiling. We will see in the future if he, if he reaches it. And then obviously the second defensive end they picked was uh, Boogie Basham. He on the other hand, like fantastic player, um, really really a physical player. You know, getting to the backfield. I'm not saying he's he definitely hasn't got the ceiling that Rochelle probably has, but he probably would be a, a more ready to start before Gregory Rochelle. You know, he's he's got more experience in college. So I, I didn't mind them two picks. And then I think the other pick that I liked was Spencer Brown, the third one. I think he has got the potential to be um, a good a good tackle or guard. But I don't think you'll see him again. I think a lot of these picks seem future picks, you know, a lot of them for Browns, you know, for Browns, sorry, for Bills. Um, I, I do like him. Um, and then the rest of them are, I think we've mentioned before, if you get two or three players out of the um, out of your draft, mm. you're doing well. And I looked at the rest of them and and they could be okay. You know, Marcus Stevenson, wide receiver, could be played in, um, in the return game. You know, he did really well for the, in the return game for them. Um, probably the best name in the draft, Richard Wild Goose, I guess. Fantastic surname. Fantastic surname. Oh, chef, sorry. Um, again, I don't know if he's going to he's going to do anything at the next level. He's he's one of them in it where like, like I've, I've watched the tape. He seems okay, but I wouldn't say he's, he's like a backup at, um, slot. And the the, the the probably the round seven pick Jack Anderson could be could be something good. You know, um, again, if he can sit behind and um take up some experience you could see him doing something at the next stage so yeah i thought the draft was okay and one thing that i picked out from it was five out of the eight picks went to the senior bowl you know which was um obviously a big thing with covid this year you know um you didn't see as much as you wanted to and i thought it was quite a safe option from from bills going with the senior bowl they've got the the uh, that extra workouts and things like that you know talking to people so I don't think that's a surprise in how they how they went about the draft. But on a whole, like you say, the Bills didn't have to strengthen um, too much. You know, like obviously they had a few areas, but the one area that I thought that like they would have had to 
really strange was the running back and they didn't I know they did put that Raider from San Francisco uh, from Dolphin, sorry, was it San Francisco? It wasn't a, a flashy pick really. I don't really I don't obviously you could always add more people at running back, but I didn't I didn't get it. I thought they would strengthen really a lot at running back. Like I've got gosh, obviously my mind's absolutely forgetful, but I wrote some stats down here and um the running game last year, they were 20th in the NFL in rushing yards, 1,723 yards, 421 of them coming from Josh Allen. And if you take them away, they would be bottom of um, the mm-hmm. rushing yards. And everyone below them didn't have a rushing quarterback. I think there was just a Sean Watson, who, <laughs> Houston, we know how that went for them. So I really thought they had to really pick up the running game to really compete. You know, I know they did fantastic in the passing game last season with Josh Allen and things like that, but... And I'm not saying he couldn't do it again, but you, you need a running game. You need something. And I, and I look at, I know Zach Moss started picking it up a little bit and he got his injury, but I looked at single, Singletree and Moss's um, combined. And again, I, I will say Zach Moss was his first year. Could be something good, but they combined for 1,168 yards and six touchdowns between the two main running backs, which is not enough. It's not enough, is it? You know, you need like like I said, the passing game was fantastic, but you're gonna you need a, 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 if your passing game is your plan A, you need some plan B. And I were looking into it, and, and they like they lined up in um, I think it was eleven personnel seventy percent of seventy plus percent of the time, and um, I think and if it wasn't that, they played with four wide receivers out. They they always had one tight end. They never had two tight ends. It's kind of predictable, you know, like. When you look at, it, you know what they're going to, more or less, what they're going to run. You know, def- defensive um, opponents are going to are going to scheme up well against them. And they did, like I said, they did really well for the most of the thing, which is surprising. But in the big games, it would, it would have been caught out, and obviously they did against Kansas City. So I was surprised with not picking up a running back. Like I said, they might leave in Zach Moss. You know, obviously he's got his injury to come back to. But yeah, that's where I'm at with them. I think um, I do think that they haven't. They have strengthened, but I don't know if it's going to be enough again to get past Kansas City or some of the teams in there. Everyone talks about Josh Allen having a fantastic season last year. Was that his peak? I know you can't predict that, but it was such a good season. It's going to be so hard for him to get back up to there again. And I just, I'm just concerned with that running back. I don't, I'll hand it over to you guys. I don't know how you feel about it. I just think that they haven't really. I, I was excited. If you look at last season, I don't think they've increased further where I'm going, oh yeah, they can go one step further this year. Good team, they'll definitely get playoffs, but I like I said, I don't know what you guys think. Can I go? Can I have a blast at this? Yeah, can I have a smashing yeah, these bills? Because I don't think they've got better. I do not think they've got better on their roster. I agree with you, Jordan. I think if it was, if it was a kneel-down choice between Gregory Rousseau and Jason Uwe, I would have took away because they've got players like Rousseau in their team. They took A.G. Espinosa last year in the second round from Iowa. And he's that inside-outside, defensive end, kick inside the defensive tackle kind of pass rusher. And that's the role that I see Gregory Rousseau getting. They've got Hughes, who's aging now at the other defensive end point. And they haven't got another speed rush presence. Boogie Basham, as you'll remember, in the senior bowl, was playing three-tech in defensive end. He was playing inside out again. And they've got players of them kind of types. I mean, they've got three lads from Carolina, who obviously Sean McDermott had a relationship with from his time there. They've got uh, Vernon Butler, the defensive tackle. They've got Star Luthier, the defensive tackle. And they've got Mario Addison. The problem is, is with taking players from your old team is you're probably taking them three years too late because they, 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 they had their best form. 
a number of years ago in 2016, for example, when Cam got his MVP season, when, when the Carolina Panthers went Super Bowl. We were five years removed from that now. And whilst McDermott might have some kind of relationship with him, are there any better? You see that the two early is on is on the downside, and Addison post thirty is probably is as well. And the, the, Vern, Vernon Butler is a little bit little bit younger, but you know I think he was a first round pick at one point, so I'm I'm sure that he's he's a good player. You know what I mean? Though? But I look I look at it and I think they missed an opportunity there, maybe to bring in a speed rusher and have something different to what they've got, which is this big bodied inside out versatile people moving offensive line because. Whilst in the EFC East, that will do in a division which does have snow and will be a ground division at points. When you go into the playoffs, the thing what Tampa had, what the Bills haven't got, is they had pace. They had Devin White, rapid. Uh, Pierre Paul, rapid. You know, Shaq Barrett, rapid. Mm. Although they had a lot of pass rushers, they had pass rushers who were fast and who could bend, who could move, which, because Mahomes is a mobile quarterback. And let's face it, they're gonna have if they're gonna get the Super Bowl, they're gonna have to get they're gonna have to go through Kansas. They're gonna have to go through Kansas. And I don't know if their pass rush is enough to stop Mahomes. The second thing that I'm concerned about is, and I love this guy, Levi Wallace, a cornerback. He was an undrafted rookie who came out of Alabama. He was a walk-on. And I love him because he was in my deep sleep as that year. And I said, like, you know, like, seventh round pick, this guy can make a roster. And he has for the last two years. He's been a starter for the Buffalo Bills as a walk-on from Alabama. But the thing is, is he can only be so good. He's going to be a good, an average NFL corner, but he's always going to be someone who you're looking to replace. You know, like, he's a bit like Prince and Mukamara, who the Raiders signed last year as a free agent. Or maybe a bit like... Um, Trying to think of a journeyman, like corner who seems to stick around forever and always finds himself on a restaurant on a, on a uh, roster. But you know, like they always look like Pierre de Serre or someone like that. They're always looking to move on from him. Whilst he's an adequate NFL corner, you're going to want to upgrade. And like we said, you're going to have to go through Kansas City to get the, to get the the, the the Super Bowl if you want to go through. Kansas City's got lots of pace. They've got wide, a wide array of receiving talent. And I just don't know if they threw enough at that corner position. Whilst I do worry about that running back room, what you talked about, and you made a really good point about can Josh Allen play at that level consistency? Because that was a lot like he did last year for that team. And expect him to do that year in, year out is a big ask of a player. You know what I mean? Though? He was yeah. terrific. Can he play at that level all the time? Can he, Now he's hit that level, can he maintain it? Mm -hmm. Um. Those would be the biggest question marks for me. The defensive line, is it fast enough? Is it versatile enough? The cornerback position, is there going to be a weakness behind Levi Wallace? Is someone going to step up and replace him? And Josh Allen, can he maintain what he's already got? Can he maintain what he's already got? You know, so whilst they have improved, ULU say they improved. I don't think they have. I don't think they have. I think they've got, I think they've stood still. And Stalin still will make you go backwards in the NFL because there's that many teams around you improving, including two in their division. I think it could be a difficult one when you're a team of their skills skill set, though, because you get so far and as far as they did, 
you're always picking at the back back end of the draft. You perhaps don't have a ton of cap room because you're trying to keep the team together. And it doesn't give you a lot of room for manoeuvre. And I think we're kind of seeing that. They're having to take sort of guy like Rousseau, potentially a, a marginal first round, early second round talent. Again, like you say, though, it, sometimes it is about stylistic fit as well. And there is a lot of similarity on that, on that D-line. There's a lot of similarity on that D-line. You're right about it's hard to play. It's hard to play any quarterback now. I think with a purely power D line because most of them can move. You know, there's very few statue quarterbacks in the NFL these days. Um, I think they're I think they're a little bit better because any time you can add, you know, you can add some young talent into the team, it's it's good. And I think they're kind of they're in that window where they're gonna have to make the most of Josh Allen while he's on his rookie deal. Because if he carries on playing like he has been, they're going to have to pay him a shit ton of money. And it's going to cripple the roster building elsewhere. So they're doing about as much as they can do. But I I think it is a difficult one sometimes when you're at almost at the top of the mountain. It's how you take that next step. And at the minute, I think like Jordan said, and like you said, Mark, I think they're just, they're, they're going to tread water, I think. And that, that's that's my concern with them. It might be enough to win this division. I'm interested to see what you guys think of the other teams, but I I, I don't see them getting any further. If that makes sense, not that they can go a great deal further. There's only about one step they're missing. But yeah, I think, I think Mark made just a quick one. Mark mentioned the cornerback situation when they picked um, Boogie Basham in second round. Melifonro was still on the board. You know, and I, and, I, and I could probably I can't think off my head, but I could go look, and there are probably a few other cornerbacks there. Yeah, well, it, like I, I wore, like, don't get me wrong, I, I like Boogie Basham, but it, there were a few, even the late picks and stuff, they just don't, they don't, they're not wow factors, are they? Let's be honest. You know, I mean, like where there's potential. Hindsight's a great thing. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, it's a great thing. But I would have been picking a corner in round one where they were. The Halasante Samuel was there, who later got taken in round two by um, LA Chargers. You know, he would have been a great fit there because he would have given that versatility. They could have said, right, okay, Santa Samuel, in our system, you know what I mean? You could play outside. You don't have to be particularly long, and he was great outside anyway. They play a lot too high. They don't like to drop the safety in the box. What they like to do is they like to keep their safeties high, Jordan Poyer, and Mike high, and they like to play too high. So what they could have done is they could have went, okay, Santa Samuel, we'll draft you in, go beat out Levi Wallace, and if you don't beat out Levi Wallace, we'll put you into the slot. And that would have looked much better for them, you know, had they got a Sante Samuel come back in round two and then took Boogie Basham or took another or took a speed rusher like Joseph Asai, you know, who went in round three. He would have been there at that stage. Hindsight's brilliant. We're not NFL GMs. I wish I was. I'm not. I would probably do a better job than the Raiders. You know every I mean? week, every, every week, week I've got to hammer them. Don't worry about it. I've got lots of material. Um, and the, it, but you know, like um, the, the, that's the truth. Of the matter is, is that we're not NFL GM see things differently. But personally, I would have went cornerback round one, and if they wanted to go defensive end, they still got to have Joseph Asai. They still could have had Boogie Basham if he was their player. But I do, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit puzzled why they didn't target cornerback earlier. I think, um, like you say, you know, um, when they got so far, like the old saying, "Go strike while the iron's hot." You think they would have done a lot better in 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 how they um, thought going into after after the season finished last year. You'd be thinking, right, we were so close to getting to a Super Bowl. What can we do 
to move on to the next step. You know, go in quickly, go get some whatever you need, you know, free agents, you know, available, go in and get them. I, can't, I don't know what the cap situation is like at the Bills, but I don't think it's ridiculously bad. I think they've got a bit of a wiggle room and we always say that you always can do something. But you should have gone in and, and got what they needed. And like and a few, a couple of you have mentioned now that the AFC is so stacked and mm. the teams below them have seemed to have strengthened better than them. And like you, like, like you mentioned, treading water is a good good term, really. You know, mm. I just I think the people below them that have strengthened better, where they could find themselves being left behind by the others, Bills, Browns that we mentioned. Um, uh, sorry, Browns, Ravens that we mentioned in the first episode, and so yeah. What are you thinking, Bones? Are you, are, you, are you more optimistic than we are? Or are we going to put a layer of concrete to be buried under? <laughs> I'm inclined to agree. Like at least what I, what I tend to expect personally from teams that are like that close is, yeah, you might see a couple picks in in the draft that are quite good, but they normally go for like free agent signings, don't they? Like Jordan was just talking about, it's like there doesn't seem to be any major free agent signings for the Bills that help them out of positions of need, which is. You, if you're that close, you want someone who's already experienced. You don't want someone who's going to take 12 months to develop. You don't want someone who's going to be great next year. You want someone who's going to be great right now. And the, I don't see enough of what's going to make them great. Like, what's going to take them the extra step right right in this second? I think, yeah, I expected more free agency moves from a team in their position. But like, like Jordan said, I don't know what the cap situation is. I'm just trying to have a quick look. I know they picked up Emmanuel Sanders in free agency, which is which yeah. is good, decent pickup. But like I know, like 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 Matt says, we're not GMs, we're not coaches. But uh, for me, like obviously Mike picked up in a few areas. I thought that running back situation needed needed addressing. But they obviously don't feel that, that need. They feel they go in a different way with the passing. Like I said, with the um, with the personnel they line up with, it doesn't seem like they're that bothered about running the ball as much. I think they ran no. the ball about um, thirty eight. Percent off, I think it was the late thirty percent of the time last season. So obviously they don't really care about running the ball. But I just thought it were a weakness for them. I just didn't think. I think a lot of time I remember seeing Devin Singletree. Not that he did pick up yards, but he he was not picking up enough yards. We put him in situations where Josh Allen had to pull him out with ridiculous throws to get him out of like third and like eight and things like that. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, like I say, it's, I'm not. I'm not a coach, but this, yeah, that's just what I picked up from it. I think it is that thing that was mentioned before as well, though. Is like. We're talking about can Josh Allen keep this up consistently over and over and over and over again? And does he end up as one of those quarterbacks that should have been great but never had the people around him to to make it? Like that's yeah. I hope they don't end up like that, but you just never know. It's tough. The AFC is tough. They're gonna you know they're gonna have to get past Kansas. They're gonna have to get past the Ravens. They're gonna have to get past the Browns. You know it's a tough it's a tough conference that you know and. Yeah, I just don't think they've. I just don't think they've improved the areas where they had the big enough weakness. You know, yeah. Pass defense, pass rush. I don't think they've improved it enough. I think they've suffered from overperforming last year, daft as it sounds, because it hasn't put them in a position where they can get something to take them to that next level. Josh Allen balled out all season. I had one of the best games I've seen the QB have multiple times, and it kind of pushed them to a level that. It's perhaps a little bit beyond the roster, like and let it. It makes it harder to then sort of reload your team year on year. It does happen. It usually happens to at least one playoff team. They get them and they go on a run, and you think, "How the hell did they get that far?" And then they end up with like pick twenty-seven, pick twenty-eight, and suddenly you're not getting the same impact players. I think Bones's point was a good one as well. Like, why would you? 
if you're in their position, rookies, unless rookies can hit the ground running, they don't really help you. Maybe that's why they went with Rousseau. Perhaps they think he's a bit more pro-ready. Um, you know, I, I can't really think of any other reason for doing it. Um, but, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they do. They're, they're, a, good, they're a good team. I think I think we've maybe buried the lead there underneath all the all the, uh, all the complaints we have about them. But they are a good team, you know. Um, it's just how good are they? I think we've said that about a few teams in, in episodes we've had so far as well. It's like you, you go... I see a lot of people saying, you, you know, I, I know you've had this as well, Mark, with the Raiders. You get told off a bit too critical of them and things like that. Because I've heard the statement, Mark thinks the Raiders should be going to the Super Bowl every year. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but surely that should be your goal as a franchise. Yeah. You be aiming for the top of that mountain. You can't be aiming to go 9-7 and seven, seven, well, all right, there's more games this year. You can't be aiming for a, a winning record every year. You have to be thinking about how you get up to the top of the hill, you know. Um, that, that, that's the point, John. In the NFL, let's remember, okay, the aim of the game is to win your division which in this case is the AFC East, of which the Bills won it. Once you've done that, the next name of the game is to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. And that's that's where the Bills are at. They're in that let's win the Super Bowl now mode. Have they done enough to win the Super Bowl? I'd have to say no looking at the roster right now. I think we've had a bad off season in my eyes. Then. Yeah, I think we're pretty much all on that all on that train, aren't we? We think they're a good team, but just just not not quite good enough. Not quite good enough. Well let's let's move on. I think we've covered the Bills. Any Bills fans watching have probably killed themselves now. So let's <laughs> uh, let's, let's shift over to uh, I believe we're going to Miami next and we're going to the Geordie Preacher himself, Mr. Mark Steele. Away you go, my friend. Well, there's a lot to like about this franchise really, isn't it? I mean, if you're a Miami fan, you're really happy, you're really hopeful. You know, like you've you've had a year of, you know, like an, an, of, of the tour experience. And I think whilst he did some all right stuff, he did some really poor stuff as well. Um, Brian Flores, I think, is everybody's second favourite coach. If you don't coach the Miami Dolphins, if you don't support the Miami Dolphins and you're looking around, everyone seems to have a... A Woody on for Brian Flores. Everyone likes him. He's loved by the media. Most of us fans seem to like him. You know, I'm a I'm a Raiders fan, and I'm and I'm watching on at what the Miami Dolphins are doing, and I'm like, you know, like they're they're, they're in Brian Flores, and we're in John Gruden, and I know which, I know who I would have. I know I would rather have, you know, like his head coach at this moment in time. I know which one's doing better with the similar kind of draft capital. You know what I mean? I know which franchise looks better for the similar kind of draft capital. I like what they did in free agency. I really like the addition of Will Fuller. I think he gives them a good dimension. You know, he's going to play Z. He's going to play Z receiver. I really like um, Preston Williams, you know, who can play a slot. They've got Devante Parker and they've got Jalen Waddle in the draft. Did they get too cute in the draft? You know, by trading back with um, 49ers and then coming back up. Could they just... I mean, was Jamal Chase their pick all along? You know what I mean? No, they're saying he's not, but they're bound to say that. But, you know, it had, had Jamal Chase or Jalen Waddle been on the board at the same time, I think they probably would have took Jamal Chase, in, uh, in, in all honesty. You know what I mean, though? So there's, there's that, isn't there? Also, as well... Um, had Kyle Pitts been there, wouldn't have took Kyle Pitts. Maybe they got a little bit too cute, falling back to six, thinking that Penny Sewell or something like that 
was going to go at the Bengals and they would have had at least pits or chairs to have a look at. But as it is, the land is waddle. And um, I think he's a good addition. I think he rounds out that wide receiver room all right. Don't get me wrong. I would have preferred Jamal Chase. But he brings a lot of ability. He can play X, Y, and Z. You know, he can play in the slot. He can play off press because his speed isn't like Henry Ruggs, who was a similar player who was drafted out of speed. He's much more better off press. He's stronger. He is more of that Tyree Kill comparison, which <laughs> black fast people get compared to now with him. He is, he is very close to that Tyree Kill type player, though. I did like him a lot at Alabama. I would, Devontae Smith probably owes him a couple of bottles of champagne for his Heisman win. Because had Jalen Waddle been fit, Devontae yeah. Smith wouldn't have been eating all those targets. Mm. You know, he is a good player. He is a good player. They also got two picks in the first round and they got the defensive end from Miami, Jalen Phillips, who I, who I had as D8 number one. He was my favourite defensive end on the board. It wasn't his talent that concerned us. It was his injury history. But I had him a shade above Quitty Pay, even though if I was picking... I'd have took Quitty Pay first, even though on talent-wise, I had Jalen Phillips there. He lined up predominantly in college over the right tackle, which means that he was often running into the quarterback's line of vision, which is normally harder to get sacks from because it's not like the blind side where the quarterback can't see you coming. You can actually physically see you coming from in front of him and he can ditch the ball, dump the ball, take off and run. But he was still able to get sacks. The big flip side on that is those right tackles in the college game are normally like fucking hot trash. You know what I mean? If you've got any tackle ability, you're playing left in college. And if you're, you know, if you're playing right tackle in college, normally you're hot trash. Because if you were half decent, you'd be playing left tackle. Um, so whilst he might have been lined up above weaker opposition, he was still getting sacks in the quarterback's line of vision, which is a difficult trait in its own right. Normally, normally your big sack guys are on the blind side where the quarterback can't see them. Um, so, I mean, there is that. I like what they've done. I like what they've done. One move I would question is they're going back in with Miles Gaskin as the starter next year. He had a good year last year. Miles Gaskin surprised and things like that. Like, and I'm looking at the depth chart now in front of us, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, they had opportunities to get a running back. You know, like they've got Malcolm Brown who's come across from LA Rams and they've got Miles Gaskin who's slated on the depth chart now at the starter. Running back, I think a lot of people had them pegged for running back in round one or round two. You know what I mean though? And I'm surprised they didn't take one. They took Javon Holland out of um, Oregon. You know, at um, safety instead. And I love Javon Holland to be honest with you. If, you, if any of you has watched you know, looked at my mock draft. He was still a first-round talent for me right up until the morning before the draft, you know what I mean? Um, and he's very versatile and he can play a slot and he adds another brilliant extra piece to that young-built defence and he's very versatile. And I know James has just corrected us. There's rumours at the signing Bell. Yep, I've heard that. I've seen that as well. But Bell's best years are behind him. Bell's best years are behind him. You know what I mean? Whilst I, I, I like Miles Gaskin, let's give him another. Like, I understand them coming back with it. I think these this team is ready for another veteran running back to come in, and if it is Bell, it would make sense. Um, and I think that unlike the Bills, 
the Dolphins have definitely improved their roster. The Dolphins haven't stood still. They're a team in ascension. The biggest question marks I can find for these, which I'm going to put out to use, is one, what do we think of Tua? He's got to be pushing the ball down the field more. His average depth of target was too short. He needs, he's got the tools in Waddle and Fuller and in Devante Parker, who all bring a difference of skills down the field if needed. He's got Jalen Waddle, who is a yards after catch machine if he needs that. He can be deep, he can be short, he can take the ball and, and make yards after catch. And he's got Preston Williams, who I think is a very good big slot. You know, like I'm thinking about um, Juju Smith-Schuster, who's in Pittsburgh. And Preston Williams reminds us a lot of him, you know, the big slot receiver, big strong body slot receiver. So the question is, is Canto I get that? Now, Alabama court, quarterbacks will struggle in the NFL because at Alabama, you're used to throwing into windows this big because they've got first-round wide receivers playing undrafted rookies at cornerback. You know what I mean? They're in there. And, and, and all you've got to do really is read the play and toss the ball. NFL open and college open is two different things altogether. NFL, you're thrown into a window this big. In Alabama, you're thrown into a window that big. Two hours got to know when to be when someone's NFL open and he's got to throw the ball and he's got to throw it with more conviction. That's one thing I would say. So there's a question mark in two hours. Can he make the jump? The other question mark is in that running back room. Who is the lead back on that roster at this moment in time? They've got a stable of backs, and you know I'm I'm a I'm a fan of a stable back approach, but you still need to have a lead one within then. Even if you're hot handing, which I like, you've still got to have a lead one who's taking that first carry. Who is that? That would be my other point. And my final point of the of I suppose of the of, of the conversation would be is have they done enough on the defensive line? Was Jalen Phillips, has he put his injury woes behind him? Because if he has, I think they'll love him. I think they'll, they'll see a lot of Jason Taylor in him, who was a hero in Miami. He can play standing up. He can play with his hand in the dirt. He could play 3-4. He could play 4-3. He's a really good pass rusher. But is he fit? And that's the point that I'll be making on Miami to use, guys. I mean... Okay. I mean I'll let you go for I, I was just going to say, I think I'm inclined to agree with the Tua statement. I think Tua, I hope he, I hope he has a breakout year. Like he, of the of the quarterbacks last year, he was one of the better quarterbacks. But if he was in this year's draft class, would he have been in the top five of the quarterbacks? Is you know, it, there were a lot of good quarterbacks this year, and hmm. I think he really needs to make a splash. I think the running back thing. Is big. I mean, there is something James said to, in the chat while we were talking about the running backs, which was missing out on Najee was uh, tough to take. But I feel like even at that point in the draft for the Dolphins, it wasn't like there were no other running backs that were good enough available for them to go and get someone after the fact. Like, yeah, missing out on Najee Harris is never going to be fun. But you know, there, there are there are other there are other picks out there, and. I'm always, I'm again. I always want to see draft picks do well, so I hope Phillips is over his injuries. I hope he can perform to the standards because, like you say, you were your draft was very, very high on him, and I, I yeah, I hope that he lives up to that. It'll be very good to see. But anyone coming back from an injury, there is always that question mark. But 
I guess as fans of the game in general, we all hope that someone coming back from an injury is able to perform just as well as they did before. I don't wish any player who's suffered an injury ill will after after coming back from it. So the good news is, didn't yeah, he? Sure he did that. Is he, sorry, I just quickly interject on that. The good news is, is UCLA, he got that injury and he did well at Miami. Now he need now he need and he didn't get concussed again at Miami. Didn't suffer from concussions again. Let's hope he gets a clean bill of health and he continues that in the NFL. Because Miami allow air uh, the Miami Dolphins, not the University of Miami where he played college at, will have a very good player. Yeah. Jordan? Yeah, I was just going to touch on the back situation. I was just I think I they must really feel the love for Miles Gaskin because like you say it's not like they didn't have chances to go get the top three running backs you know they, they had the chance to go get Najee Harris or Travis Etienne if they wanted them to um, the other third um, running back that um, I, I thought were, after them three there was a big drop off Javante Williams went just before him they must have known the Broncos but what we were going to go get him so they could go in front of him to, to trade up and go get him if they wanted to so they must have been happy with what they've got there like I say, I don't know if Miles Gaskin's going to be the number one M more than likely you know he, he did do alright last year I don't know we'll see if he pushes on next year they've added Malcolm Brown you know to it and Salvan Ahmed did a little bit I don't know if um, he's, he's not going to be um, an important piece but he's, he's an extra back so they must be happy with what they've got because they, they, they and or maybe go out and get someone in free agency you know if, if, if available like Bell just to add to it but I think they'll give Miles Gaskin another shot you know in what I saw of him he, he did okay you know so we'll, we'll see, oh, yeah, see yeah, if he um, does that I think I think it puts a pressure on Tua. I think you know, like if you've got a if you've got a young quarterback who hasn't hit the league, you know, like as well as you'd hope. Let's face it, he didn't. I bet I bet you there's not a Dolphins fan out there who wouldn't say right now I would have took Justin Herbert over Tua. But you know, you know, like, as the way it is, there won't be even James who's listening here. He won't be daft enough to say, oh well, yeah, I would still stick with Tua over Justin Herbert. If they had that pick again, they'd be picking Herbert. No, like in that space, he did, he did, he did, he was taken out for games, and Ryan Fitzpatrick had to come in, but it was his first season. The fact that he played last year was a bonus because most people were saying he's going to sit all year, you know, because of his injury. You know, like and the the say that the best way uh, to support a young quarterback is to first of all give him an offensive line that protects him, and secondly give him a running back beside him to handle the load. Now. You know, like the offensive line, they got Liam Eikenberg, who again I liked in the second round. He came in, he can play left tackle, right tackle. He gives them some of that versatility. You know, they've got the lad who they took last year. I actually took two lads last year. They took Hunt and they took, um, I can't remember the kid's name now, in the first round. Um, you know, like in, in, in uh, Jackson, that was his name, Jackson, the one whose uh, sister was poorly. I remember, and he gave us some bone marble. It was a really terrific story. Now, in the NFL draft, I like to bring that up. The other two, that, he was a first round draft pick from 2019, other than Tua. He's got to get better on the offensive line because they've got to learn to protect Tua. They've got to keep him upright, and they're going to have to let him. Yeah, he's going to have to learn when players are NFL open. That's the key thing. He's got to start letting that ball go now. Because it doesn't look like they've got the running back beside them who can, um, who can carry the ball. Hunt's moving to right guard. I expected that. He was drafted in. I expected him to play right guard in his first year. I was surprised he played right tackle. Lee, Man Lee Meitenberg, I imagine, must be playing right tackle. And Austin Jackson will be playing left. Bearing in mind that two has a lefty. 
So the right tackle is theoretically his blindside blocker. Mm, yeah, it flips everything, doesn't it? It's one of the yeah. one difficult things with the left-handed keybase. I I don't know. I like the I like a lot about the Dolphins a bit like you, Mark. I like uh, I like the roster composition for the most part. I think it's a good roster. I like Brian Flores. They make smart decisions. I I can't argue with any of it. The biggest question mark is still Tua, and until we know how good he is, we don't know how good they can be. I think if he if he plays if he takes the leap that a lot of quarterbacks do in year two, they can contend for this division. If he does, oh definitely, they're in, definitely, they're in a bit of a restart mode for me. I don't know what you do if he doesn't succeed this year or doesn't look like he's took a step forward. Um, love Jalen Model. I think I've been quite vocal on the draft podcast. I really really like that pick. I I, I don't think there was a lot between him and Devonta Smith, um, and I think he'll fit in really well. Um, I like that pick. I like a lot about what they've been doing. It's just that question mark that will hang over them. And it happens a lot when you have a young QB. And they took a bit of a risk with him because he's coming off an injury. You know, he fell down the board a little bit. They grabbed him. Looked a great pick at the time. It probably still is, but there's definitely a little bit more pressure there now in terms of we need this guy to perform at the level that we think he can. If he does that, I think they're a playoff team. I've just got a... I was about to throw a quick question out to you all. Um, how, how do you think Brian Flores handled Tua last year? Do you think he could have done it better? Do you think you, you were happy with how he handled him, you know, bringing him in after the, the bye game, you know, taking him out after for a game? You know, do, do you think he could have done better or, or, or would you say that he handled it well? I, I don't know. Who was putting the pressure on for Tua to start is the question that I'm going to ask. Was it Flores' decision? Because Ryan Fitzpatrick was doing well. Now, I, now I've done follow the Dolphins. I'm, an, I, you know, like I'm an, I don't read their fan blogs. I don't listen to their podcasts. I just look at it with my sets of eyes, and I'm going, "What a really strange decision." Because Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick was doing tremendous in in the last few years. Ryan Fitzpatrick's been a frigging terrific quarterback as well. You know what I mean? You know, like the year before he was good. You know, he's he's thought he's in his best football in his late years. Um, you know, like, and I'm thinking to myself. You know, it was Justin Herbert was doing so well in LA. You know, like, was the two-hour move, was him being forced into the picture, was that part ownership or GM or backroom team to try and justify their taking of two-hour before Herbert? Oh, it's just a question out there. It's just a slant of thought because I don't think the handle it well. I think that it's clear to say the Dolphins are a team on and up. I would love to be a Dolphins fan at the moment. The arrow's pointing up. You've got a really good defence. You've got pieces on offence. It hinges on Tua. This season hinges on Tua's progression. Because if he doesn't work it in no man's land, because the rest of that roster is good enough to win eight games, even if Tua plays bad, they're going to win seven, eight games this year. No, because they've got a really good defence and they've got enough tools around Tua that even if he has three interceptions in a two-touchdown game, you know what I mean? No, like like mm. the 120 yards or 170 yards, their defence can carry them with it. Yeah, they're Tua's got to make it work because they're in no man's land if it doesn't. They're back in there with an average to middling quarterback looking up and going, how do we get back up there to get the quarterback? I've got a bit of draft capital to do that. But I think they've got. We need to know if Tua's the guy for this roster because they're building for a Super Bowl window soon. They're going to have a Super Bowl window soon, all around that field. If Tua can be good enough, 
I think as well, like you're seeing this a lot now with um, with younger QBs. There's no longer the attachment to hold on to them for their entire rookie deals. Like think about people like Josh Rosen and people like that. If they're not performing, that's it. You've had your chance. Like you're going to get two, maybe three years maximum. Two is going to go in year two now. If there isn't a noticeable jump forward, there's absolutely no question they're replacing them either with another rookie or they go out and get a veteran that might be available at the back end of next season. Yeah. You know, I don't, don't know who that would be. It'd be a trade market guy, probably. You know, I, I could see, I could see that. There's such a that that is the big, big question. I don't mind if I'm the Dolphins. I don't mind being in that situation because it means you've got everything else right. But as you say, Mark, if it doesn't work, what's next? What what do you do? As to how they handled Tua, um, didn't really understand it at the time. Don't think I understand it any better now. I think when you're taking people in and out of the lineup you actually do a little bit more damage to the progression than you would if you just either leave mm-hmm. them in or leave them on the bench. I think certainly with a rookie or a young quarterback, once you commit to them, I think you have to commit to them until you know 100% if they're the guy or not. So I didn't really understand what they were doing because they weren't playing for anything at the point they put Fitzpatrick back in. So it didn't make sense to me and still doesn't. But so they're going to have to fix that side of things as well this year. I, I think they handled it badly. I think they should have signed him. I think he was, what, he was coming off an injury. Hip as well. Yeah. It's not like yeah. you don't need your hip. Yeah. There was no OTAs. There was no rookie training camps because of COVID and all this stuff. And they like, chuck him in. We need we need him in there right now. Like like you say, it seemed like it was to justify picking him before Justin Herbert. I don't think that was a good enough reason to put him in in the situation of this year. I think I, – I hope he does take the leap. I hope he makes the leap because I think he's going to have a better shot this year with all the training camps that are available this year. Well, they've got lots of talent around yeah. them. I think last year's an anomaly for a lot of players, and I, I hope that because of the situation the rookies went through last year that there are a lot of standouts this year that maybe we thought were busts. Like, I hope Henry Ruggs has won. Yeah, yeah I hope Jeffrey Okud has won as well. <laughs> Number three overall, but we're anyway. Four on this pod, sorry guys. Got to get with digs in against our own franchises. <laughs> yeah, you're very committed to your, uh, you're very committed to your art, I would say, man. I friggin' hate them. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of uh, moribund franchises, um, let's go over to New York and let's talk to Bones, who's apparently going to lose all his credibility. Let's talk to New York. Yeah, what you got? So, I want to start this by pre- like. Just by saying, like, the Jets are a historically bad franchise. Like, we all know this. They've got some really bad draft picks in history. Hang on, like, you're a Dolph- you, hang on, you're, you're a Lions fan, and you're seeing that they're historically. <laughs> they've got a Super Bowl in their locker. Do you know that? They've I know. Got a Super Bowl there. I, I understand it. It's, it is hard for people in glass houses to throw stones. <laughs> We've made some bad draft picks as well. Like we've not, we've not had a great time. But the Jets, this is about the Jets. Let's forget the Lions. Right now. <laughs> the Jets are like historically, come on, they, they don't draft well and stuff. But this year they did everything. Like they had a terrible year last year. They were some of the worst rankings in offense and defense in the whole league. And then it's like this is the year where the GM needed to make some moves to do something about this situation and. They really, I feel like they really did go out there and move, make some moves. Like they signed a bunch of free agents. They signed a couple of longer deals than I expected. So they signed, signed um, 
Davis, the wide receiver, for a three-year, $37.5 million contract. They signed uh, Lawson, the defensive end, for $45 million on a three-year deal. They did a lot to address the, the, the defensive line overall, including a pick in the draft. But focusing on the draft picks, it's... I mean, it's an interesting one to go through the Jets because the Jets made a few moves throughout the draft, like with the Raiders and Kansas and Minnesota. So they moved up in the first round to go and get Elijah Vera Tucker, who I think we all agreed upon was the best guard in the class. And it's not like the Jets don't need a, an a offensive line help. Um, and I think between Elijah Vera Tucker and um, Beckton, they now have their left side of their line completely solidified for like the next 10 years like something like that easily like and i think that's they had a bad of it what i had it written down somewhere what the, i think it was 29th overall yeah 29th overall offensive line last year uh for by pff's gradings which that's not good um but they made some, they got some absolute steals as well in this draft so obviously they had moved up to get avt but when they came back in round two at pick 34, they still managed to get Elijah Moore, which most of us had going in round one as the be- one of the best, if not the best slot corner uh, wide receiver in the class. Like he, he was a late round one pick for a lot of teams and they managed to snag him. All right, at the top of round two, but it's still round two. It's still a good pick. Um, the only thing I would say about Elijah Moore is coming back to the offensive line, they could have gone a center. I think it was really hard to pick a bad pick in the Jets' picks like it was it was hard they have there's some good picks here like the first four are all offensive side of the ball and wilson at two okay we all we all knew that was going to happen elijah vera talker at 14 i think a lot of people had him going ahead of that so they got him at a decent position more a good position carter the running back out of uh north carolina he was another one that got picked up again round four but probably should have gone in round three like they the all their offensive picks seemed pretty good and then they went on a big run of like six defensive players, um, which I thought again were quite interesting picks because they went for a lot. I really, I really like the Jets draft, and I, this is why I'm saying I'm going to lose all my credibility because a lot of what they went for in defensive players are like they're quite versatile players. They had, they can make tackles, they can play in pass coverage. There's there's some fast defensive players in here. They got um, they got two Michael Carters. Uh, they got Michael Carter one. The running back, and they got Michael Carter two, the cornerback, and Michael Carter two, the cornerback runs a four three, um, and does make some good tackles in his film. Like, I think there's some good picks here. They, may, they might not all be starters. We say this, don't we? That, you know, not every one of these picks is going to be a hit. But if you were grading the Jets here, it's hard to pick some bad picks out of it. Like, there's not much wrong with it. And like I say, there's some good signings in the in the free agency. Moore is coming in as like the fourth wide receiver on that team, but I think love, him. love Elijah Moore. Yeah. Can we talk about how brilliant he is, like the whole show. Yeah. He's <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna bring him up because he does he does he makes some really good like route decisions. He's I was looking at his his stuff and yeah, I mean it's hard it's hard to say anything bad about him. Like it's it, it's just they could have gone somewhere else with the pick, and that's the only thing I would say about the Jets. Like the the only other thing that was the only negative that I found anywhere about Elijah Moore, the only one thing was when he catches passes. Sometimes he has a tendency to move back a couple yards when he could just turn around on the spot and go upfield. And for some for some receivers that works, for some it doesn't. He takes snaps 
he takes handoff snaps. I like not even like just jet sweep handoff snaps, like actual starts next to the quarterback handoff snaps, which I didn't expect. Like it was really interesting watching his tape. I, I'm excited to see him. Um find just, a way to use that as well with, with the guy they've they've picked up as OC because he's a Shanahan offense guy. Well, I was gonna bring this up as yeah. as well, because they did pick Zach Wilson, quarterback out of BYU, which we all knew was going to happen, but he's coming into a new... So it, this is the thing. It's hard to judge a few of the Jets' picks because we don't know what the offense is exactly going to look like. But Lafleur, he's from the Shanahan tree. We know what his brother's offense looks like. So it, this, I reckon this offense is probably going to be play-action and run-based. Like, he's coming out of the Shanahan tree. That's probably what it's going to be. And I, I think they've picked well for going into that. I think, especially Will, I th- Wilson's such a good quarterback. Like, and... There's the there's this argument that some people make that because he played at BYU he's not exactly had the competition. But then you got to factor in, yeah, he may not have had the competition, but that means he didn't have the wide receivers necessarily either. Like he didn't have the Division One players around him. So you got to give him some credit. The guy is a good player. It's interesting to watch his footwork in the pocket, watch him move because he doesn't necessarily run, but he can extend a play, and his oh, yeah. accuracy is completely consistent when the play breaks down or when the play doesn't break down. And I think that that's something that's important to look at with quarterbacks, isn't it? When we're coming out of the draft is it's not just your consistency in the pocket and it's not just your consistency when everything breaks down. You have to be, it's an overall consistency is legitimate. It's just consistency. And he does have that. Um, I found an interesting thing. His sister and his dad are both tennis players and he played tennis till like high school and, uh, quite a few people are like, oh, you can see it in his footwork. He's got brilliant footwork, and you can tell he's played like these kind of sports. And yeah, I just think he's 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 a really good pick. Like people saying he's comparable uh, comparable to Patrick Mahomes, which is I think that's a big weight to put on any young quarterback at this point. Like I know he didn't win the Super Bowl last year, but it's hard to argue that Mahomes isn't the best quarterback in the league right now, if not one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And to compare someone coming out of college to Mahomes right now is tough but <laughs> he's yeah he makes some great sideline and deep passes he from what you see of his tape he could be better at passing into zone he's not necessarily the best at threading threading the needle like you do need to in the NFL like Mark was saying the separation in the NFL is so much different the windows you're throwing into yeah. are a lot smaller but I think he's I, I think I think the Jets needed this I think I think the Jets needed a complete just go all out, rebuild from the ground up, like do everything. And I think they have, I really do like Michael Carr. I think he was one of the surprise, like running back picks that I didn't expect to like as much. But then when I looked into him, it's not just his running that makes him a good running back. Like this guy played really well in the receiving game. And I think that's going to be important, like coming into this, this year. Cause he, yeah, he was catching a lot of really good shorter passes. Uh, his routes and his way to get into spaces was really good. He's got a really good uh, eye for his blockers um, and who he needs to be behind. Maybe to a fault, like there's something to be said for he's maybe too he's too reliable in that he will follow his blockers. Sometimes he will miss cutbacks that he could take and get massive space upfield. But that's not a bad thing, especially coming into the NFL, because it, it does mean that he's definitely he's not looking to be a showboat all the time. He's There's a level of maturity to following your blockers and not being like, oh, I made the cutback. I didn't need any of you guys, which, you know, you don't want to see. But I think he's not very strong and he's not going to be a good, good, necessarily a good blocker. He can he can block a bit, but he's not blocking much. Like, he, he can 
buy the quarterback an extra second or two, I guess. But I think overall, yeah, it was hard. It was hard to pick out big faults in the Jets picks. Like their whole DB room, all their DB picks in this draft were very versatile. And yeah, I'm I'm after a disastrous 2020. It's hard to say that the Jets haven't got better because really for a team like the Jets, like much like it is for the Lions, the only way is up. So it's hard to say that they did a bad thing here. I think they have improved. I think the draft overall, you could easily give like a a high B A rank. Like I think it's I think it's a good draft. Yeah, I think I think we've got to remember if the Jets is you don't pick number two because you're a good team. Mm. You pick number two because you you've got holes everywhere, and that's yeah. what the Jets have. They have they have holes everywhere. Are they going to fix that in one off season and one draft, even before the capital have got? No, who really does? You know who makes that kind of leap? You know what I mean? Or JP is a 49ers fan, and they did a similar kind of leap that year when they drafted Bosa. But you've got to get a lot of things right to go from worst to first. Mm. We're not expecting them to challenge in this division. They're the, they're the fourth team in this division for a reason. I think what they want to be doing is they want to be going, can we be drafted in the teens next year? Mm-hmm. If they're drafting in the teens, 14, 15, 16, 17 next year, it's been a successful season for them in Robert Salah. Yeah. How much of this was down to Adam Gaze and his toxic environment and his smelling salts? What is in those smelling salts? There's a question for you. But I think this is a slow rebuild. I really like their GM. I think he's doing a really good job. Zach Wilson has probably got the most bust potential out of the first round quarterbacks for me. He is a good quarterback. I worry not about his talent. I worry about his size and his frame. Is he going to get hit all over the place? Has it? Can his body take NFL hits? Is one thing I'm worried about. Yeah. Um, he has got ability. He has got talent. The socialist in his will not let is like him because he's a posh boy. But um, you know, like I do. I already dislike him because of his quiff and he's too frigging. White. He's too white and too. Oh, did you see how awkward he looked at the draft oh, when he was stood too, around everyone else? He's just, too, he's just too white and too preppy. You know what I mean, though. And he, I'm surprised he wasn't wearing a dicky bow tie. You know what I mean, though. But like, you know, like, 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 I just can't like him. I just can't get on board with Zach Wilson. Sorry, all them faces. I'm like, I dislike instantly. Probably because, because like, I'm a pop and he's a prince. You know what I mean? Like that, that's how it is. You know, I'm a Trotskyite. Yeah. Let's get back off politics anyway. I'll get us back on track. One thing that I love from the Jets is going up and getting Vera Tucker saying, don't worry, like, getting Zach Wilson, going up and getting Vera Tucker and going, we've got your, we've got your blind side, Zach Wilson. Bex and Vera Tucker, I cannot wait to watch them two next year if they stay fit for the 16 games. <laughs> that is a fantastic blind side. Yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah, yeah. I know it was. It was really interesting. I say they moved around a lot as well, which they ended up. What they moved up and gave away a first and two thirds. So they ended up with no thirds. But then they swapped one of those, one of the picks they got from Minnesota with the Raiders to get two back, and then they swapped two with the Chiefs for a different two. But they managed to get, like you say, they managed to jump up and get Vera Tucker, which they definitely needed. Like we always bang on about building the trenches. I think they build the trenches on both sides, though. I don't think they did a bad job of the defensive side either. It's just they only drafted one defensive tackle, but they did sign three other defensive linemen as well. And I think going into Salah's four-three defense, obviously they are going to need more on that line anyway. But they definitely look like they've gone. They've made steps to address that situation yeah, exactly. like they're addressing the places that should be addressed i guess and that's what and we I always think, say 
I'm a big fan of Hamza Nazruddin as well. I think that's a a, a potential pickup. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't know if he'll be this year, but I, I do I do like his ability I, and he's um, he's a, a real ball hawk. I like him a lot. Can't mm. wait to see him. Size isn't he? he's a big lad. He's like a big big box safety type, but he can he's also. In his, uh, yeah. I think he's about. Say again, sorry. Yeah, I'm sure he's about. He's about six foot. Or something. I think yeah, he's about six, three, six, oh, they've got like some that as well. Yeah, he's a big lad. Yeah, he's a, the linebacker. Yeah, he's like six, 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 three, two hundred pounds, I think, as well. But yeah. there's there's a couple of them that, like you say, that I think Sherwood's marked to play uh, linebacker, but box safety as well. Like in the NFL, I think that's what people have projected him as playing. Who did I notice as well? I noticed someone else there. Obviously, Davis, Gerard Davis came over from the Lions. Oh, yeah, LaMarcus Joyner is going back to safety when he comes yeah. to the Jets as well, which I thought was interesting because obviously he's come from the Raiders where he's playing the wrong position. Yeah. yeah I'd be interested to see what JP's got to say because this team is basically made up of 49, 49 as coaching staff. He yeah. knows Carl well, he knows the offensive coordinator well. And so you, you know what they've drafted and you know whether it fits that system. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of the East Coast 49ers, really, when you look at who they, who they brought in. Um, you know, they took m m half of our assistance, it feels like, as well. Um, it's, do you know what? It looks, it has the makings of a really good team. My, big, my biggest problems are Zach Wilson. I've already said I don't like you, Mark. I think I'm also a socialist, so I don't like you either. But, um, moving that off the uh, moving that off the uh, thing for a second. He oh, does have oh, highest yeah. potential. He has that lazy Mahomes comparison because he, he runs around a lot and makes some you know ridiculous throws. And he, he look, he's a super talent. Um it's just the Jets are usually where quarterbacks go to die, so you do have to kind of wonder about that. Having said that, probably for the first time I can remember in a long time, the Jets have got competent coaching, especially on that side of the ball, the Fleur. Is a, was a big architect of our offense. You know, people do credit Shanahan and rightly so, but the assistants are a big reason why we've been so good as well. Um, Salah as a head coach. I mean, anybody that was in the group chat when we gave up 35 first downs to the Bills on Monday Night Football will know I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with Robert Salah. But the thing he does have is that ability to sort of um, Inspire a team, I think is probably the way I would describe it. He, he, he's, he's, he's energy and he's, you know, he's what he's definitely a figurehead coach and he knows his defense as well. Don't get me wrong, but I think he's the kind of guy that energizes a fan base, energizes a franchise that maybe hasn't had it. Um, he's certainly different to a lot of the coaches the Jets have had in, in, well, in my time watching the NFL. You think back to like Mangini and people like that, these are people that think they're like. You know, incredibly smart people. Maybe they are. I don't know. But Salah is Salah is a good football coach, but he doesn't carry himself like what as such. He carries himself as a leader of men. So I think he can. I think he can get them pointing in the right direction. How far he could take them is obviously like something you'd have to evaluate over time. Um, I like a lot of the moves they've made. Moore is going to have a hell of a season in that offense. They're going to absolutely love him. He's going to get. He's going to get that Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk sort of role, and he's going to absolutely tear the league to shreds. Um, in, I think, or at least he's going to have a few big games. And people are going, even if the Jets aren't good, they only win like four or five games. I think he's going to show up on film a lot. I think he'll only get better if he stays in that offense. Um, no, I, I like them. I do like them. Um, I don't know. 
they're in a bit of a tough spot because they're along, as you said, Mark, it's hard to say they're a good team. You don't pick at two if you're a good team. I think we might be the only good team that's picked at two. And the only reason we did that was because Garoppolo shattered his knee in week three. So, like, we did, you know, we can barely buy a win after that and ended up, you know, ended up with Bosa. We actually looked out that year. We shouldn't have been picking it two. Um, it's rare that that happens. And, you know, the, you're right in the sense that they're at the start of a rebuild. So I don't know. I, I could see him getting five, six wins. I could see him getting five, six wins. I think there's enough There's enough there. And they'll sneak up on teams at the start. We said this about the Lions as well. They'll sneak up on teams at the start of the season because it's new coaching staff, new ideas, new energy, a lot of energy. And I think they'll, I think they'll shock a few teams coming out of the gate. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty... For the, if I was a Jets fan, I'd probably be feeling optimistic for the first time in about a decade. So I think, uh, yeah, I don't think they're in a bad state at all, to be honest. I know, um, I know, John's in agreement with me. I'm, I'm not sure about Bones and uh, Mark, but I'd say Zach Wilson is the um, number one uh, quarterback to to be the, fa- the, fa- the failure out of the ones that have come out this year. Yeah, yeah, got both. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think overall, I, I still I think they've definitely made some good moves. Like I, I think, yeah, I think it's a good team. So, what part of what part were you losing your credibility on? Because you haven't said anything that stretches credibility. I mean, you were called well, out saying about the bad draft picks because you're a Lions fan, but aside from the, the unsuccessful franchise bit, but I, don't I have such positive things to say about the Jets, and I never thought I'd see the day that I had such positive <laughs> things to say about the Jets, but. No, I actually, yeah, I from the free, like, I didn't expect it going in either. Going into my research, I hadn't really, like everyone else says, I pay more attention to my own team than anyone else's team. Like, I, I do watch the fan stuff for my team, but the Jets, no. When going into their free agency and reading through it and seeing all the moves they actually made this year after having a shocking year last year, it's what I would want to see. It's like it's what it's similar to what we saw from the Lions in a way for me. Like it is the sign of a good rebuild coming. Like yeah, it might not be much this year, and I think that's fair to say. But I think in coming years, there's definitely potential for this team to be a contender. And it's yeah, it's what I'd say about the Lions as well. It's what I want to see from a team in our position is something that looks like in the future it will be positive. Yeah, definitely. I, I see the Jets the same way that I think I said about Washington, maybe when we were doing the draft preview. I said they finally got adults in the room. And that's kind of where I think the Jets are. They, they've just been on the crash course with the ground for the last two, three years with people like Adam Gase in there. And it feels like they've actually got somebody in that knows football, knows how to coach football, whatever I think is Salah. And I think he got a little bit too much hype for, for a good defence because I think there was a lot of good players that maybe aren't as appreciated as they should be. He's still a good coach, and he's far better coach than anything they've had in, in a while. So, yeah, I think th- there's adults in the room. There's hope for the future if you're uh, if you're a Jets fan. And you seem to finally understand, in the words of Mel Kuyper, what the draft's all about. So, well done on that. Can they teach all franchise? Can't <laughs> <laughs> help us. Can't help us. Got to make reference. <laughs> hard seeing all these poverty franchises looking like they're about to turn it around and the Raiders are still just like, oh no. Eating their own children. Can't wait to do the AFC West. Um, So so finally then, we've um, got the Patriots and that's me. Um, 
I asked for this assignment. I've no idea why. Um, get ready to throw your uh, grandparents at the sofa, Patriots fans, because uh, I've got a few things I need to say. Um, so the thing with the Patriots, right, and I think this has existed for a few years, the, the narrative about the Patriots, and rightly so, is that Belichick knows football. And he does. He's probably the best coach of all time. He's certainly in the top five. The thing he always gets credit for is great drafting. You look at what they've drafted in the last three, four years, it has mostly been crap. And it's players they've moved on from, players they've let go, or players they're trying to let go, like and Keel Harry and people like that. This is the first draft in a good few years that I can actually understand what they've done. And look at the first three picks. Mac Jones, that worked out perfectly for them. They got the quarterback they needed without having to move. I think everybody was predicting the Patriots trade up. Everybody, you know, everybody thought they would have to do that to get one of, you know, get one of the top QBs. I think that was largely because people thought Jones was going to us. And it is nice to be talking about Jones when he's not my team's quarterback. But having said that, I do think he is a good quarterback. And I said on the show a couple of weeks ago, he's a good fit for what the Patriots do. And he's probably the ideal, in a lot of ways, he's the ideal player for that system. He doesn't have to start straight away because obviously they brought Cam Newton back. But Cam is breaking down. He's had a lot of injuries. He's had a lot of problems over the last few years. I don't know how much he's got left in the tank, really. I think he's potentially got one more good season in him, but he needs to be fully healthy for that. He started last season quite well as well. I seem to recall somebody uh, on our sister podcast predicted the Patriots for the Super Bowl, um, which I think won the worst prediction of the year award. But I actually don't <laughs> think it was that outlandish a prediction at the start of the year. They did start quite well. Um But, yeah, moving that aside, that, that was a good pick. I thought they got Barmore in round two. A lot of people had him in late first, mid first, so I thought that was a good value pick. And when I look at his profile in terms of what they do on defense, it's it's kind of what they've been looking for. It feels like for years. They traded um, Richard Seymour away many, many years ago to the to the Raiders, I think, Mark, actually. I think you yeah. might have traded a first for him, maybe. I can't, I can't fully remember now, but I remember him going there. And I feel like they've always been looking for people to play in that in that role ever since that three four defensive end, you know, just and just a solid player who could contribute on every down and be a leader of that defense. They've tried it with guys like Dominic Easley. He, he never really got over his injury problems with people like that. I thought Barmore was a good pick there, and then Ronnie Perkins in the third again thought a good value could have gone in the second. Um, classic sort of Patriots player. I think they'll get a lot out of him. And then it's just a case of like just increasing depth. They got a power back in the fourth round. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his first name, but his last name is Stevenson out of, uh, out of Oklahoma. I think it's Ramondre, but I might be wrong. Um, and that, that seems to fit in the mould of the type of running backs they like. They're not really an explosive back sort of team. They're very much a um, power-based team, I feel. Um, so I thought they had a good draft. Free agency was <laughs> mental. I, I don't think I've ever seen the Patriots do that. It's it, it... whoever's working their cap stuff out must be a genius because some of the money they're laying out for some of these players is is it's not insane money for the players. I just can't believe they were able to bring in so many of them. Um, the Matt Judon deal was quite heavily criticised in some quarters because of how much they paid him. But to be honest, if you look at they have who they have at edge, 
it's a witness protection program. So I can totally understand why they brought him in. He, he, you know, he, he was the obvious guy in free agency if you were trying to improve your pass rush. I can see that. They brought Trent Brown back. Trent Brown's a good player. He's on way too much money, but he's a good player. So I, I can understand that. Um, receiver, they went a bit mental. Uh, Kendrick Bourne from the Niners, who, who is an excellent sort of number three receiver, but they haven't paid him like one. They've paid him like a number one. Um, which is a slightly bizarre move. Um, at least I thought, I think he's a good player. And knowing how they tend to fit people into that offense, particularly in the slot, I think he'll probably be all right. Um, Nelson Agolith, I can't say his name. Aglahor. Thank you, Aglahor. From, uh, from the Raiders, wasn't it? He, he played yeah. for you last year, right? Um, yeah, he's a good year, thousand year season. Thousand yards. Yeah, he's had a pretty good year. Um, yeah, pretty course. good year. But it was an outlier in terms of his career, and he's been paid a hell of a lot of money to uh, to go there. So they must see something in him. But I, I don't. I'm not sure. I see it the same way. Um, they invested quite a bit at tight end as well, going for Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. Um, that's quite an interesting move. That obviously the Patriots kind of in the past have been associated with that two tight end attack, you know, Gronkowski and uh, are we allowed to say Aaron Hernandez? I don't know, but we've said it now. But yeah, I, they, they were at the best when they were doing that. And to be honest, the Patriots traditionally have always been a better team when they're, when they're going away from the norm that the rest of the league is doing. I think as the league is getting more spread out, the Patriots are, <laughs> to, to, quote, uh, to quote another man, um, Patriots are kind of bringing football back to 1998. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I like what they're doing. It's, they're trying to do it a different way. And if anyone can do it, Belichick can do it. I like Hunter Henry. And I like Johnny Smith. Both good players, both hard-nosed players. Um, kind of, it feels like they're trying to help out whoever's at quarterback. They've got a lot of weapons and, you know, a lot of guys that can turn short passes into you know into big plays Kendrick Bourne in particular is quite good at that I could speak from experience on that one um so I, I liked all of those in, in a way there was a lot of money being thrown around um looking at the roster it's it's always hard to judge a Patriots roster because how many times have we looked at it and gone there are a bunch of no names and then a few people start standing out in the middle of the year I kind of feel like that's where that's where this team's heading now. I, I don't see standout players on that team really, but I don't see, but I don't think it will necessarily be a problem. Their all lines looking pretty good, although they did lose, um, they, did, they did lose the guard to Kansas on a lot of money, but that's kind of typical Patriots lose a top player for, for a lot of money and replace them with somebody that costs about a tenth of the price. You know, that's cap management. That's how they do it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I look over it and it's kind of, like I say, there's, there's elements of it where it's like witness protection because I look at, like, corner and I'm like, Stefan Gilmore, maybe Jalen Mills, one of the McCourties, and then it's like, who the hell are the rest of these guys? But that's kind of the point of the Patriots, isn't it? And Edge is the same aside from Judon, really, and maybe Cal Van Noy if they can get him back to, you know, if they can get him to some sort of form. I still like this team, and you can't rule out a Belichick coach team. I'm intrigued to see what they do on offense, particularly around what they do with Newton and Jones, whether Jones does start week one. Personally, right now, I don't think he will, um, but I could see them go into that. The problem they've got is like a few teams with rookie quarterbacks, and I include my own team in this. At what point do you put the guy in? Like, 
uh, are you giving up on the season if you do that? Or do you think he can take you to the next, the next level? Because feasibly, if they don't open the season particularly well, or Cam gets injured again, which is probably the more likely scenario, you throw in the rookie in. I can't see them throwing Brian Hoyer into the fire, you know, in, in the middle of the year. And then is it a write-off? So there's a bit of a question mark there. But I I, I don't know. You, I, I like the team. I think there are better teams in this division. I think there's at least one. We've talked about the Bills. I think the Dolphins could be better. Depends on Tua. Uh, the Jets, well, the Jets, are like we say, they're in year one of a rebuild. I struggle to make a case for this team winning the division other than Belichick's there. Um, don't know what you guys think, but that's kind of where I am with it. I think they're, I think they're average to good, but that's about as far as I can put them at the minute. Yeah, they've got they've got one of the better offensive lines in the NFL now that I've brought Trent Brown back. I really like Trent Brown. I think he's a good player. I think he played his best football there, and he's back where he wants to be. And left tackle, I like Isaiah Wynn and Michael on 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 Wenwu. Oh God, I come on, kind of pronounce that name. On rule, I can't pronounce it. Michael, the the guy who the guy who, who, who was who was good all over the line last year, the rookie. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah on on rule, he had a terrific rookie year. Him last year he was tremendous, you know. Um, he he was a really good, he was a really good find. And that that offensive line is a really good offensive line. Andrews comes back from the centre and stuff like that. I like what they've got on that offensive line. You know, I loved what you said about them moving back to two tight end sets. It's like the league goes one way. Everybody's yeah, big. The Belichick's going to zag. And someone was always going to come back and go, we're going to line up in big power packages and we're going to run the ball yeah. down the throat. And they've got a stable of backs. They've got Harris, Sonny Michelle, Stevenson, who you're talking about. They've got Cam, who's a running quarterback. I wouldn't like to try and figure out that offense. No, I wouldn't like to try and be a defensive coordinator thinking, how am I going to slow down this Patriots offense? You've got a legitimate deep friend in Oglehaw. You've got, mm. you know, like you've 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 got two tight ends who can catch the ball. You've got running backs who can pound it between the tackles. You've got a rushing quarterback. You know what I mean? Who you've got to equate for quarterback who can run the ball. I think they're going to be really dangerous on goal line packages and things like that. But I think that they're going to be a really good team then. You know, and I just I just think it's inter it's interesting. It's just like anything else. The Patriots are always um, interesting. You know, like there's yeah. something there where you're like, how's this going to work? And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how McDaniels and, and uh, Belichick approach that offense. I'm less worried about the defense. But that offense has got potential to really, you know, like we were doing the Jets earlier. I remember when they did the wild card and yeah. how many teams they won off the back of doing the wild card. It's that shock factor of teams not being ready and going, oh, oh, we've designed for this. And all of a sudden you've got light linebackers on the field. And you're playing an extra strong safety, and you've got like somebody like Cam, you know, who's built like that, just running people over. And I'm just, I'm just intrigued to see how they make matchups with that offense. Yeah, I found yeah. them difficult to evaluate because I think they're really, it's really tough to know what the philosophy mm -hmm. is. We didn't really get to see it last year with Cam going down injured. You know, we, I don't think I really know what they want to be. But I think one thing I can guarantee is that Belichick will feel much better about his team than we than us for do sat here because he knows exactly what he wants to do. And as you say, Mark, when when the league goes one way, he goes the other. And I think one of the big reasons for that is if you're doing something different to the rest of the league, you have a free shot at those type of players. Nobody else is going to be taking 
you know, a huge number of tight ends, even in free agency or the draft, if they're going to play four wide or they're going to play, you know, more three wide sets or whatever. So, yeah, I, I find them tough to evaluate, but I think, I think there's, there's a potential for a good team there. And it feels like one of those where they'll just randomly pick up 10 wins and people will wonder how the hell they did it. it. It does feel a bit like that to me. I'm looking forward to seeing the Patriots this year, personally. Like, I think. Cam last year, like you say, it was COVID, wasn't it? They took him out in the Originally, end. Yeah. yeah, and then you know, he didn't look the same after the COVID. Like that was that was the story of a lot of people's years, wasn't it? And I just, I, I, I like Cam anyway. But I think that team, especially with the signings, like you say, the two tight ends, like it's unlike you said at the start. But it's like we know Bill does good drafts, at least that was what it was always said about him, but he doesn't make a lot of free agency moves. Like, he's normally giving players away. He's not bringing players in. Like, and this year, he went out and spent all the money. Like, and I'm just, yeah, I'm really interested to see, like Mark said, it's a dynamic set that they've got for the offense. Like, Cam is an interesting quarterback to watch. I think he needed a year to learn the scheme anyway. Belichick, like, the Patriots offense is notoriously difficult to master. I think Mac should sit here to answer your question before yeah. about what will they do with the quarterback. I definitely think he should. I think I think they should go all the way with, well as far as they can with Cam. Like while they still can. Like and yeah, in general I'm just I'm really interested to see it. And I hate to say it because it's the Patriots and I don't want to see him winning again, but <laughs> it's like you say because the because they are zagging when everyone's zigging it is something you want to watch and be like kind of want to see it do well just because it's different like yeah. just to make just to make it different for a bit but yeah I, I do think Max should say yeah definitely because again hard scheme to learn apparently so don't 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 force your rookie quarterback in straight away when you've got the buffer of Cam Newton anyway you're already paying him a load don't pay him a load to be a backup like but yeah. I think um, speaking about the free agencies, and obviously Bill Check not really diving into it. I think COVID has to something to do with it. Look at the ones he's picked up. He's looked at like Jalen Mills, Matt Judon. He knows what you're getting with these players. You know, and he's bringing them into a team that needs a bit more after a lackluster um, performance last year. You know, John Smith, Henry. He's seen these guys in action. He knows what he's going to. He knows what they're going to bring him, and um, just bulking up that squad. You know, and obviously going into the draft, you get what you get. Yeah, so I, I, think I, I like what they've done. Even though it were like bang, bang, bang constantly over like the space of a few days he did it, he, he knew what he wanted and he's got it done and we'll, we'll see see how it develops next season. Yeah. I do like that offensive line. I do like the offensive line. It's a good offensive line now. Well, yeah, they better yeah, they've on well. yeah, they built that pretty well. They seem to get a lot out of... Um... Players that the rest of the league isn't looking at or doesn't think like Trent Brown wouldn't fit in a lot of offenses because of his size, not because he's a bad player, but he, he's not somebody that can move. He's a bit of a he's a bit of a phone box player, really, isn't he? But to them, he's fit perfectly, and as you say, he's played the best football while he's been there. So it, it, they get value out of players that the rest of the league doesn't value, and a lot of the time, the rest of the league doesn't value them because they're going the different way, you know. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I have a feeling we might be looking at that free agency spend and going, actually, it worked out quite well. And I think a large part of it is because they missed the playoffs for the first time in years. And I don't think they want to do it two years on the run. They're not a team that wants to enter into a rebuild. Belichick is in, Christ, how many years has Belichick been coaching them now? Since 2000, I think. So he's been, or maybe a little bit later, he's been there quite a while. 
he's not going to stick around for another five-year rebuild. He, you know, he's he's in it to get rings. He's he's in it to win playoff games. He's not in it to build another team. And to this be honest, will be Josh McDaniel's franchise soon. Well, that'll be an interesting one to watch as well. That that's that's obviously a question for the future, like how kind of like in most sports when a long-serving coach moves on, it's a bit like right, what do we do now? At least McDaniel's has been there. But also his track record as a head coach has been pretty uh, abysmal. So, although, well, he's undefeated as the Colts head coach, I suppose, if you want to look at it that way. But, um, you know, he's, um, yeah, there's a lot of questions there, but I, I think they are loaded up for another go. And I think they'll be, they'll be a tough team to beat. And I think that's probably what he's aiming for after last year, because they were not a tough team to beat last year. You know, they were an easy out for a lot of teams. And that must have drove Belichick insane. So, uh, I think as well, actually, one other thing I should touch on, the, the free agency stuff, I feel like they brought in a lot of veterans because they're the players that Belichick relates to. He finds easiest to coach people that have been in the league a while, people that understand what it takes to be an NFL player. I, I feel like they've struggled with rookies in the last few years, and I think a large part of that is the shifting landscape of how, how rookies come into the league now. A lot of them are promised a lot before they've even played it down, and I think that... I think that's maybe a thing that Belichick doesn't like very much. So I think he's gone with experience because he, he knows how to make that work. So, yeah, I, I, there's a lot to like. There's a lot to like. I don't know if I'm going to uh, predict them the winners of the division, which we'll, which we'll come on to now. If anybody's Has anybody got any other points for the Patriots before we move on to that? No. no I just, just watch. God, there's got a couple of players come back who opted out last year, which is also a bonus. I think Hightower was one who opted out. So. Yeah. They've also got a few on the. I think it was mostly the defense, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Um, they, yeah, they did lose Hightower. That was a pretty big loss for them, really. He's kind of a linchpin of that defense, like Teddy Bruce used to be. Um, so good to have him back. Okay, then let's do uh, let's do what we always do. I'll fire up the Twitter machine and we'll try and work out a uh, a division prediction for the AFC East. So. Uh, I don't really know where to start with this one. I think have we all got the bills? Have we all got the bills at one? Have we all got the bills at one? Do you want yeah. Um, yeah, we've got the bills at one. There's too many questions on two up. We've got the bills at one. Right. So I thought that would be the easiest one. Now we won't. We, you know, we haven't got a ton of time to go through the rest. But who do we think is coming second in the division? Miami. Miami. Okay. What about you guys? Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think that I think um, the Pats could be number two, but like if we're thinking that Tua does step up this year, it's got, I think it's got to be the Dolphins. We can't presume that he's not. So for for the sake of um, him performing well, I think Dolphins would be number two with the, with, the, with the squad that they've got as well. So that would put what the Patriots at the three and the Dolphins. Yeah, so I think that I think that is definitely like the way it's got to go because. You say, like we say, there's questions on two. There's questions on the whole Patriots team. Like, there's so many different signings. We don't know that it's going to work. We want, I'd like to see it work. But we don't know it's going to. Like, and the Jets is a rebuild. So, I think this is one of the easier ones to call. Actually, I think <laughs> Bills, Josh, Dolphins, Pats, Jets. Josh Allen. Would have, I was going to say Josh Allen had a terrible season and still be the best quarterback in this division easily. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like having a look at um, at the betting odds, you know, like to see if there's a good bet we can pick out. Yeah, there's, really, there's really not. I mean, the Bulls, the the the, the, uh, the Buffalo Bills are like the you know the the the, the strong favorites. Miami are three to one yeah. to win this division. I might be tempted to have a punt on it, thinking, but what if 
both the Bills and Josh Allen was to get clattered, you know, like it was to blow his knee out. Or, you know, he's a running quarterback. Injuries can happen there. You know, and, and so much of that Bills team is predicated injury or no injury on Josh Allen coming back in and being as good as he was last year. So yeah. if he doesn't reach that ceiling or if he doesn't hit that, or if he doesn't, or if he does get an injury, if I was if I was James, you know, the Dolphin fan, or if I was if I was having a punt, I'd be tempted to take three to one on Miami. If I was putting a pen down somewhere. On this that's at seven to two. Right? That's a bad bet. It depends how good you think that offense is going to be, because that's what's going to have to carry it. I think. But yeah, I, I agree. I think um, I'd love to predict the Dolphins, but I just can't until we know how good two is. That could look stupid. Two weeks into the season, if he suddenly had a blinder, then yeah, maybe you know, maybe we have got it wrong. But I think as, as it stands right now, you got to go to Bills, haven't you? So, yeah, that's our prediction. we got the Bills finishing the top of the division, Dolphins second, Patriots third, and Jets fourth. How many playoff teams do we think are coming out of this division? It's obviously the division winner, but are any of these, any of the remaining teams getting a wild card? Might the Dolphins sneak one, especially with the expanded playoffs now? I reckon there's a chance they'll, they'll, the Finns will make a wild card shot, but I don't think yeah, it's it a three-team division by any chance. Could easily just no, be the Bills, but it could be the Dolphins could sneak. It could could see them like just just sneak in. How they just missed out last year, maybe. They actually is tough, you know, to picture the playoffs. Yeah. The um, the Dolphins Bills game should be interesting watches because it's basically a clash of approaches. Um, so that should be should be an entertaining watch. I think it'll be a good division. I think it'll be a good division. All right then. Well, what are we going Oh, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, I was just wondering if the Bills and Dolphins played each other on last game of the season again. That would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a good watch for sure. Be a good watch. What are we coming back with next week? What's next week's division? Does anyone know? I haven't got the schedule in front of me. North, North, East, East, won't it? So it'll be NFC East. NFC, right, okay. So we're coming back next week with the NFC East. Oh, boy. <laughs> I've got the Giants. Well, that'll be a, a three-hour episode of Mark laying in to... The Giants. <laughs> Picking Jones. Darius Tony before Elijah Moore. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> if there's ever a week when we're all off, we'll just say to Mark, talk about the Raiders, Elijah Moore, and Daniel Jones, and we'll just we'll just go to the pub or something, you know. Um, I'm I'm still not used to being on camera, so I'm here playing with me cap, smoking a vape, texting me mates, and then I look up and I'm going. Shit, I'm on camera, aren't I? So fucking have that. <laughs> no, I think we've done well. It's been a good episode. So join us next week for the NFC East, uh, or if you like, join us next week for uh, Mark Slander and Daniel Jones for uh, two and a half hours. But uh, until that time, we'll uh, we'll see you again soon. Don't forget to follow us on the socials, Third and Short Podcast. I think it is on most of them. I don't know. The name keeps changing. I'm a well-prepared host. I'm definitely not winging it. This is uh, I do improv stand-up when I'm not doing uh, online podcasts. Before there was a pandemic. But yeah, give us a give us a follow on the socials. Um, it's been fun as always to uh, to chat football with you guys and. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll see you next week. And we should be back on Monday next week, all being well. So uh, we'll see you next Monday, guys. Peace. <laughs>